What's up? What's up? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy E Dub back in the chair podcast. Happy March 3rd. Uh, oops, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. March 4th. I'm actually recording this live this morning. By the time you hear it, it's going to be recorded. But I decided to uh, just get this one off real hot and fresh off the mentals. And uh, what a perfect day to get started. Today, we're going to continue the series, Enter the Entrepreneur. And I'm doing this for the sole purpose of understanding or helping you to understand that there's more to being an entrepreneur than this course or just reading books. Um, Jim Rohn has a quote or a statement, I should say. He said, you know, there's nothing wrong with motivation. You just got to make sure motivation's right because you don't want to get an idiot and motivate an idiot. Now you got a motivated idiot on your hands. You got to educate. So we have to go into a time frame of educating. And in this series, the topic of this show or the title of the show is my starts and failures. There's one thing I want everybody to know. I'm really transparent as much as I can be about my past. Um, There's some good times, bad times, and dark times in my past, and we all have those. And the reason why a few few episodes back, I started talking about naming 10 things that you love about yourself and listing 10 things that you hate about yourself and look at the things you can change and look at the things you can't change. And the things you can't change, you have to embrace them, right? It's like if you go outside and it's raining. Um, This morning is kind of cold. There's nothing I can do with it being cold outside. Granted, I can wear a jacket and make sure the heat's on my car, but as far as the weather outside, there's nothing I can do to change that. But what I can do is embrace that it's cold and prepare for it as best as I can. And that's what you have to do in your life. And that's what you have to do in your personal self. Uh, I, there's a line from NF. I listen to a lot of MF, NF. He's my favorite, like one of my favorite rap artists. But this one of his lines is, If you don't like me, that's fine. That makes two of us. So when you're on the path of air quotes, entrepreneurship, you got to get, you got to go all the way back or you have to reverse engineer all the way back to the root cause and the root cause is you. And so today's episode is called starts and failures. I'm sorry, starts and faults. And there was a lot of things that I started to do to improve, but there was a lot of faults that I made that I had to accept and change about myself. I think the most hardest thing for us to do as people is understand that there is positive and negative within life. And you see a lot of motivational stuff. I was talking to my mom the other day and everybody for some odd reason is wearing this title of life coach like what 
what what is a life coach are we taking this title because tony robbins wears it are we taking this title because because these motivational speakers wear these titles or are we are we i mean what is a life coach what we're coaching you like what what are we coaching you through life see the motivational speakers i listen to like les brown jim Rohn, they came from a background similar to mine granted people will always say hey have you read this book the 48 secrets of the universe no i haven't because i probably saw it and it, it did not resonate with me i'll say that again I probably saw the book, read it real quickly, and didn't feel nothing, and left left it on the on the shelves. Now, just because it didn't resonate with me right now in the time frame that I'm in, doesn't mean that it will never resonate with me. What it means is what I need for that time is not in that source or right now. So, when I got started. I had to do a lot of reverse engineering because entrepreneurship essentially falls in the lines of starting a business. And starting a business means you become responsible. And when you become responsible, you become a leader. Now, remember this, leadership is not a rank. It's a responsibility. For those of you that are listening and you go to work, I want you to survey your coworkers and find the leaders in that group. Because a lot of times the leaders is not the managers. You might have one manager or one assistant manager that pulls the pulls everybody together, but the managers just causes big ball of disarray. I've witnessed it over and over. One of my first compliments I got when I was working at FedEx, I was trading this new guy and um, my boss came up to me. He said, Eric, you've done some of everything around here. And I said, yes, sir. He said, I want you to train this new guy, Tim. I said, okay, cool. So me and Tim start talking and I said, okay, well, this is what you do. This is how you down pile. This is how you stack a pallet. This is, this is what we look for. This is what we don't look for. Um, This is important. Don't forget this. Um, don't miss this and you know I walked through the whole day and at the end of the day as we were leaving he looks at me and he says you know what man thank you so much you gave those instructions clear and concise and I understood everything that you said I said really he said yes I I, I love that he said you are a leader later on I got promoted in that job to being a doc lead uh, it was third shift, and that was that. That was a that was a test in the fire itself. I knew it was. The third shift just hired anybody. <laughs> I'm serious. When peak season FedEx kicked off, anybody and everybody got a job. You walked past there and said, "Hey, you you could walk. You probably could walk in that door and say, I need to work.' And they'll put you to work right then and there while they're doing the paperwork." Because that's how much volume we were getting over the during that time. But I remember I never forget that now that was that was that first guy, Tim, that was my fault. That was that was my start, right? That was my start. I said, Maybe I can be a leader. Um and he was here's one of my faults. <clears throat> 
uh, one of the leads, one of the lead had a, like a, uh, I don't want to even say a car accident, but something. And so they placed me over and unload to run it that night. And I had one good worker out of the four, oh, hold on. Yeah, out of the 14 guys, because there's two truck teams, out of the 14 guys, there was seven and seven. One of them was a good worker. His name was Larry. And he showed up, he shook everybody's hand, and he went to work. And if you understand that if you ever worked in a truck uh, or a FedEx truck, it's like four quadrants, right? You have the top and bottom. Then you have the top left, top right, bottom left, bottom right so you got four guys in the truck you got two guys on the line flipping the labels up and one guy that is the pusher that pushes the boxes up to up the conveyor belt to the people to the ladies to the scanners and i'll always go larry was on truck team number two and it was hard for me to keep an eye on both teams apparently he was going through the ringer already and I remember I looked up and <laughs> the scanners, the majority of the scanners was ladies. And so they would yell at you, like literally yell at you if the labels wasn't up. Um, they would uh, shout something out, shout something at you. One of them, Amber, she would throw stuff at you. So I'm keeping an eye on both teams. And I never forget, I saw Larry run out of the truck, dump a bag. We used to get these white, these red bags full of like little envelopes and stuff. Dump a bag out and run back into the truck. So I went over there. I said, Larry, what's going on? He said, he said, man, he's not opening the bags, blah, blah, blah. I said, come on, Carlos, man. You got to open up these bags and shove them along. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And he's like, yeah, man, okay, whatever. And so I never forgot, I'll never forget this moment. So I look up and I'm back on my other side, keeping my team going and I'm running back and checking the other team. And I looked up and Larry is walking towards me with his water bottle. And he said, hey man, I said, what's up buddy? He said, my side of the truck is finished. I said, okay, I'll fall back down and uh, because the way it went, if you was up top, you go all the way back to the wall, then you turn around and you uh, come from the bottom and you start pushing back. Well, some of the guys, the guys on the bottom, they wait a few minutes till the guys on the top get through the half of the truck, then they jump in and do the bottom. And so the bottom has a lot of little crevices and stuff like that. Anyway, I said, uh, I said well, uh, are they done in the bottom? He said, no. He said, listen, man, I like you, but there's too many chiefs and not enough Indians. He says, I'm out of here, brother. He said, you be safe. Don't let them work you to death. He quit. He quit on third shift while I was in charge. <laughs> and uh, they didn't take, the, you know, FedEx at that time, they didn't take people quitting too lightly because they had to replace people and whatnot. And I never forget, I, that bothered me, that bothered me for the longest time. 
And so I went and uh, talked to Mike. He was with my boss at that time. I said, yo, Mike, he left. He quit. He said, man, I know. I had two people quit on me, too. I said, man, third ain't looking too good for us. He said, well, we're going to have to shake this in, into gear. I said, you know what? So the next night I went in, and before we started, I told him, I said, look, I'm only 20. You guys are way older than me. And I get that. I said, but we're all here to do a job. I don't get why is it that we all can't work together. We had a good, we had, I said, there's, there's, there's 13 of us over here now because the one good guy that was here left. I said, if I had two Larrys, I'm pretty sure they could keep up with what you've got going on here. So tell me something. Why is it that you guys can get your asses in gear and work? Because if you don't want to work, I will not let you come back over here, my unload. I, I, I won't even, I won't even, I won't even send you to Miss Helen. I'll send you home right now. And one of the guys said, man, you ain't going to tell me nothing. You ain't nothing but a kid. I said, okay, go home. He said, man, what? I said, he said, man, you can't tell me that. I said, okay, hold on. I said, so I got on the radio. I said, hey, Mike. I said, uh, Carlos. Carlos, uh, he's not being compliant, and I'm sending him home. Mike said, who, Carlos what? And I told him his last name. He said, he said, send that effer home then. I said, you heard it, Carlos, go home. Anybody else? I said, because I'm not playing. I said, that was a shame. We need to work together. And that night after that, we worked together great. Carlos did go home. Then he came back the next day. He was like, man, I'm going to Hey, he was there the next day. <laughs> this is the funny part. He was there the next day. And he ended up, he ended up bringing in coffee, I think. Coffee and donuts for the, just, for just the unload crew. And he ended up being a good worker got hired on and he was there for a long he was there for a hot minute but I took that Larry leaving as a fault because I wasn't initiating the backbone that I had um you know I was doing the okay guys come on let's go uh, number three is empty yo why is number three empty um I was not utilizing my responsibility or my leadership in that role. Because again, leadership is a responsibility and not a rank. And so that was my failure. And I considered Larry to be one of my failures because if I was executing my leadership, I wouldn't have lost such a good worker. At that time, that was a thing. And I said, never again. And so I ensured myself when working with someone or an employee that I go out my way to ensure that they can do their job to the utmost proper standards as if I was doing the job myself. What I know, they know. And so when you're starting in entrepreneurship, keep that in mind. That is, is far more than just starting a business. It's far more 
of if you give me 60 seconds, I'll show you how I made $150,000 in the last four months. There's response. The one thing these courses, these gurus, these these life coaches or whatever, whatever else are not telling you is this, is that there's responsibility, responsibility tied to every single thing that needs to be done. Every single thing. You have to take the initiative. You know, I was thinking the other day about how majority of life is a mental game. It really is. It's a mental game. You have to, I I told, I, I had a conversation with my mom and I told her this. I said, you know, she was asking me questions. I said, you know, I feel like I, I know why I didn't get successful at any of the businesses, but you see, I'm flourishing now. I said, because I'm beating myself now. And I mean that by usually we beat ourselves up, but we don't beat ourselves to the punch. Meaning, if I ended up, if I, if, if I call a customer, or let's say a potential lead, and they say, hey, call me next Tuesday, or I'm following up with them. And, and you know, and I, and, I, and I bypass the easy stuff, right? Like the easy stuff. Like, hey, how you doing, Mr. Robinson? Oh, good, nice weather. Oh, what? hey, well, my name is Eric Williams, and I'm calling on behalf of such and such media, and blah, 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 and blah, 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 and blah, 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 and this is what we're off, and blah, 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 can I call you back next Tuesday? But when it comes down to the meat and potatoes and getting that name signed across the dotted line, you end up doubting yourself or don't know if you can do it or don't know if if they're going to sign. You don't know what they're going to say. So you tell yourself, okay, I'll just call. Okay, I told them I'll call them Tuesday, but then I'll call them at 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock, come 10 minutes to 9. It's like, well, you know what? I'm kind of busy right now. I'm going to call them at around 11.30. Then you look up and it's 10.45. He's like, well, you know what? I'm going to call them when I go outside on my lunch break. Well, you go outside on your lunch break and say, well, you know, they might be on their lunch too, so I don't want to disturb them. So I'm going to call them around 4.30. That's when their day is rolling around. Then 4.30 rolls around. And he's like, well, I'm going to call them a little after 6. And then 6 o'clock rolls around. And then you say, well, it was 6 o'clock. I don't want to call them because, you know, they might be at home with their family. I don't want to be that guy disturbing them. So you then you say to yourself, self, I'll play it off as I got too busy. I'll just call them the next day. But you don't call them the next day. Why? Because you 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 didn't beat yourself. And then that then your next phase is, well, I should have called them at nine o'clock. I should have called them at ten o'clock. I should have called them here. That's where the beating up phase is. But the way you beat yourself is let's say I'm supposed to call Mr. Robinson at nine o'clock. I say, okay, at nine o'clock I'm gonna call Mr. Robinson. When I look down at my phone. I'm going to check the time, and if it's any close to nine o'clock, ten till, fifteen minutes till, because you'll you'll be alright. Oh yeah, I got I got twenty minutes before I call him. What I'll do is I'll I'll start calling. The phone ring. By the time Mr. Robinson gets on the phone and says hello, my brain has just just finish the thought 
of hang up the phone. Just finish the thought when he answers. And it's amazing. Every time that happens, I have proven that I can beat myself. Your biggest enemy is you. That's, that's always could be your biggest enemy, folks. And so while you're starting, while you're starting, you have to understand that no matter what you go through, you can still persevere and push through. No matter what it is. And that's why you have to understand you, you, your starts are important as your faults. And you have to own up to them. Because I'm going to be honest with you guys. If you guys knew me back like in my mid-20s, like my 20s, like, like if I'll be honest with you, I really, I really didn't get this confident in myself to speak on some of the stuff I know now to about a couple of years ago. But prior to that, 27, 28, you know, prior to that, and I'll say 19, 20, I was doing my internal work. That's what I'm telling. That's what I'm telling these. That's what I'm telling you guys. It's, 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 it's internal work. Because when you talk about entrepreneurship, there's a level of work behind this. Like you have to get on the phone and talk to people. These guys telling you that I'm going to show you how to get rich in the next six months. Those are snake oil salesmen. And if you don't know who that is, look that up. I mean, look at Dan Locke, Dan Pena, the multi-billion dollar man. The dude's worth a few million. Few million. The, the stuff Grant Cardone pushes. Now, granted, don't get me wrong. Listen, don't get me wrong. These guys have a lot of wisdom and they acquired wisdom. And I love men like that for the simple fact that they'll give more jewels out in their free stuff than what they'll give out at that conference. Because that conference is all about that webinar. It's all about that, 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 that private retreat. It's all about getting you to become a repeat customer. They're just going to upsell you. That's how they get you. They always upsell you. And I'm not trying to get on this big rant about you know courses and stuff like that because there's some legitimate courses out there. You have to do the research and the process is the only gatekeeper to your success i'm sorry it's the truth the process is only the it's the only gatekeeper to your success i love this what what mark twain says he said the sweet the secret to getting ahead is getting started that night with larry and that day with tom was me getting started on number one leadership and one was a gentle leadership and that was with Tom and the other was an enforceful leadership that was with Larry and you have to have both I can't remember uh, <laughs> there was a little gas station in Charlotte there was these Indian guys and i never forget um my mom would have to go get a money order and it was at night and uh, this guy said the, the store clerk says something my mom's like you're not afraid to get robbed and he's like no I got a baseball bat and <laughs> my mom said what are you going to do with a baseball bat and then the other guy behind the desk he pulled out like I think it was like a 45 or something and uh, he said well we got this and 
<laughs> my mom was like, oh, Lord. And that guy was like, yeah, hopefully we don't have to use any of them. But you, you just it's better to have them and not need them than to need them and not have them. And that's how I always view my my two sides of leadership. See, I can I know I can lead certain people with, all right, let's do this. Come on, I need you to push. There you go. And encouragement. And then there's others I know I have to use more of a enforcefulness of, hey, look, listen, you're treading water here. And so I'm just going to cut the I'm going to cut the rope before you, you, you sink my ship as well. And that's two sides of leadership we get we need. You'll need. And that's where growth comes, especially in this industry, because this industry of entrepreneurship relies on you. It doesn't rely on the newest gear. I mean, I know, I know, I know dudes. I know. I mean, it relies on you. I know people, I know people spend tons of money for the, for the latest software and don't get squat. They barely survive. They're over here trying to push this YouTube brand and run a business, and they and and, and like it, nothing. Then I know the most simplest dude with a pen and piece of paper, and he can close fourteen deals in a month just with that simple pen and piece of paper. And this guy's tech the AF out and barely makes two deals a month. How is that possible? Some people say it's luck. Some people say it's their experience. Some people say it's this. I say the person that worked on themselves the most because when you get to know person with the pen and pad, he is so self-conscious, so self-confident, self-sufficient, self-relying and faithful to getting what he needs to get done while the dude with all this other stuff is running around here chasing the new shiny latest greatest nickel and say, well, this is going to help. Well, this is going to help. Well, this is going to help. And it's like that old story. A fool and his money will soon be parted. And it's the truth. That's how it happens. Because there's no self-realization anymore. We're blaming it on everything but ourselves if i say i'm fat i'm not saying i'm fat because mcdonald's made me fat i'm fat because i made myself fat if i say i'm hard working i'm not saying i'm hard working because because my greatest greatest mentor he pushed me no i pushed myself so where is the self-reliance because that is not selfish do uh, just 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 throwing that out there because no one else is going to do it because when you're confident in yourself and you know what you got, then it's so much easier for you to give. If you're greedy and you're afraid for every nickel and dime you get, don't give. I'll say it again, don't give. Why? Because no one wants you to be given with a begrudging heart. No one wants you to give while you over here regretting, oh, man, I gave $10 to that fool last week. Meow, meow, meow. No one wants that. But if you're confident in yourself and you're secure, someone says, hey man, you got $5? No, but I got 10. No, 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 take the 10. And that's why entrepreneurship 
It's more than just money. It's you. So you got to recognize where you have started with some of your starts, but also recognize some of your faults. Because I always ask myself this question. If anybody goes back and digs something up out of my past, would I be ashamed that they found out? And by me recognizing everything that I've done in my past, for me, the answer is no. All right, all right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed that first part. That was a killer part, man. I just wanted to just drop that in because, you know, we 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 forget that you just, you know, there, there has to be some new work, you know? It's like taking your car on a road trip, right? You wouldn't just automatically just throw the car on the road without inspecting it and making sure it's ready for that long haul, so. You have to get yourself inspected and ready for the long haul. And the reason why I call this one starts and faults is for the simple reason for just simply identifying, right? You have to identify where you have started and where things were actually your fault. And I simply do that to not really blame myself but to improve myself and for those of you who didn't know I used to have like this bad stuttering problem as a kid and um, I was I, I started out really honestly I started out working on myself by practicing my name in the mirror and so I would stand in the shower and well, I wouldn't even stand in the shower. I would go in the bathroom, turn the water on, and I would just stand in the mirror and just be like, hi, my name is blah, blah, blah. My name is blah, 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 over and over. And then I just started to build on that and I laid the foundation. And it blows my mind that sometimes I'll just be in, in deep conversation with somebody. And we're talking about, you know, the world and different things. And then all of a sudden, I just remember back in grade school, I couldn't even finish a sentence in a book report. And granted, I could have been like, well, that was picked on and I was bullied and blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't hold any validity anymore. Like that doesn't carry any weight. That isn't the catalyst anymore. Uh, that isn't something that I can use as a crutch in this day and time. Um, I'm a lot older, I'm a lot smarter and I've came to terms with myself. So I'm happy with me. All I'm working on now is getting myself on the level where I desire to be. And I will never forget one of my youth leaders at church, he gave me the CD. And the CD was about understanding who you are and accepting who you are. And there's two stories I wanna share with you guys. The first story was about this bank teller he had this really big nose, you know, and people would call him the bank teller with the really big nose, and he was really self-conscious about uh, his nose, and he got so bad to a point where people would say, hey, 
Mr. Such and Such came to see Big Nose today. And it bothered him. So the guy went and saved up his money and got plastic surgery. And he got a brand new nose. And one day, he goes after the surgery, after being out of work, he goes back to work. And one of the ladies he'd seen for years came up and she says, well, where's the bank teller with the with the really big nose? And he says, well, ma'am, I'm him. And she says, no, you're not, you're not him. And he said, no, that's that's me. I just had a nose, nose job. And she said, well, why in the heavens would you do such, such a thing? She said, you were the only one that stand out and now you are just like everybody else. And so sometimes we'll end up changing ourselves for other people instead of embracing ourselves. And that can be a double-edged sword in itself because you have people accepting things that are detrimental. And one thing I was always told by my mother is not to settle. And I never wanted to settle. And with settling, you end up cutting yourself short and selling yourself short. There was another story in that CD that I loved the most, and it was about assumptions. And a lot of times we'll assume the worst automatically without having any information of the detail. That's why we ask people, do you want to be successful? Yes, I do. Do you want to start a business and be successful? Well, no, because the statistic of businesses surviving, the statistic of this, which that is great, but you can always prove a statistic wrong. So I love this story here the most. There's this lady, she was uh, giving this dinner party for a lot of her successful friends from all over the world. They were coming to her big, huge mansion and it had this big, beautiful garden. So she was out picking the freshest ingredients from her garden and she comes across this little spot of mushrooms in her garden. Well, she asked the butler, she says, well, do you know if these mushrooms are edible? And he says, well, geez, I don't know. Well, she goes and gets the chef and the chef comes out and says, well, I don't know. I tell you what, how about we fry some up and give them to Bruno the dog? And if he becomes sick, we just simply take him to the vet. If he's fine, we'll use the mushrooms. So they did just that. The chef cooks the mushrooms. He throws them to the dog and the dog ate them. And the dog seemed fine. Well, she decided to go ahead and use the mushrooms for that night's dinner engagement. And this was a beautiful party. I mean, I mean, elegance and diamonds and the crystal chandelier lit candles, all 14 different foods and servers, everything. So the dinner goes well. She's mingling with her friends. She's having a good time. They're all laughing. They're just enjoying themselves. And then it was time for dinner. So <laughs> the butler came to the lady and she says, ma'am, I need to see you for a second. 
And she says, well, what is it? She's, she says, well, the chef just informed me that Bruno has died. How would you like, what would you like for me to do? Immediately she got, started to panic. And the mushroom was in, the mushrooms was in several of the dishes. So she's freaking out. She said, well, there's nothing I can do. I have to let everybody know. So she goes into the, the dining room. She does the little glass thing. Ting, 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 ting. And she says, attention, attention, everybody. I have something to tell you. And I hope, I hope you would please forgive me. <clears throat> she said, earlier this morning, I came across some mushrooms in the garden. I believe they were edible. So we fried some up and gave them to our dog, Bruno. By Bruno being old and feeble, we thought that if they were bad, they would kill him. And if they're not, they were safe for us to eat. Bruno has died. Immediately, the room erupts into chaos. One guy said, what kind of mushrooms were they? And she says, I don't know. We used them all. I can't show you what kind of mushrooms. One person started feeling sick. Several people started feeling dizzy. One person started throwing up. It was just pandemonium in the room. And the guests start leaving left and right in a rush to get to an emergency room. In the midst of the panic, the host and the butler leaves as well. There was one only guest left, and this lady was a veterinarian. So she gets up and she goes into the kitchen, she looks for the chef and she says, excuse me, sir, I would like to see the dog and the mushrooms that you guys fed him this morning. She said, the chef says, well, the mushrooms are all gone, and no, you can't see the dog. And the veterinarian says, well, why can't I see the dog? He said, well, ma'am, the dog was hit by a truck. That's why he's dead. <laughs> the dog was hit by a truck. It had nothing to do with the mushrooms. And such... Is, and, 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 it, and it goes the same way in our life. We believe something of a little bit of information and we don't really get into the details. And the details is that you have to work when you talk about entrepreneurship. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of a lot of real business-minded things. And I try to keep it on a relatable level because sometimes you get these big guys that are on YouTube or you know on Anchor or on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts and they're real huge, big-time people and they'll always have titles of the easy way, simple shortcuts, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, don't learn and, and learn from my mistakes. And you know, that 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 statement there is I, I we we that statement gets quote wrong. And I and I'm gonna be honest because I looked it up the other day. Um it it, it gets quoted wrong. And it happens to be something, I would say, the pinnacle of it, it becomes the pinnacle of 
I want to say all the self-help and motivation, motivational stuff for these courses and these these magic pill-selling people. They always say, "Don't," but you know, I, I remember, I remember this. Um, I, I remember I got on this uh, drop shipping webinar. And they said that, you know, they said this is how this is how drop shipping works, and blah 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 blah. But I'll never forget this. And you guys seen the clown? His name is Alex Beck. Not Alex Trebek. I'm sorry, but R.I.P. But Alex something on YouTube. He's like, if you give me six seconds, I'm gonna show you how I sold these wolf mugs. I made uh, thirty thousand dollars in the last forty-eight hours. Check this out. And then you know click my link for this live webinar and i was at work i was just having a real frustrating day and i got tired of you know working my buns off so i said you know what i'm going to click this link and listen to it and i was loving the information that i got there was a lot of information in there i loved it to death then it came apart in the presentation that part that part where he says, now, I gave you everything you need to know to go out and get started. But you have to learn from the mistake of others. So what we developed is we developed this system and program that help you fast track your business and shorten your learning curve by, uh, by six months. Meaning if you take this course the next six months, you'll be generating big dollars in revenue. Now, I thought that was all fine and dandy. Of course, I didn't pay for a sports. So I was not gonna do that. And I just backed out the presentation. And I started doing research and I started learning. And a lot of it was based around Facebook ads. And that was like the hottest thing at the time. Nowadays, everybody's talking about Facebook ads, and doing this on Facebook, blah, blah, blah. But that was the hottest thing. And I remember I was thinking to myself, I said, golly, I got, I got swept away again. My start was me looking for a business opportunity that I could do or potentially take on. And my fault in that was getting swept away into his program. That's, that's all it was leading to. There was no talks about no product. There was no talks about any rightful vendors. It was, I'm going to talk to this guy, then I'm going to bring this guy on, then I'm going to bring this guy on. And it's the same rinse and repeat process. And you get people that get started and stuff, and they'll start and then turn around and, and then start selling courses. And the thing is this, is that when you realize that it takes hard work and all three of the multi-level marketing companies I have been into, I know people say it's a scam. I know people say it doesn't work. I know people say it's based off of recruiting others. See, the way that works is, is there's two levels to multi-level marketing. And I'm not plugging multi-level marketing right now, but I want people to understand something because I'm gonna talk about multi-level marketing companies in my next 
segment next Tuesday, I'm dropping, uh, I'm dropping my multi-level marketing uh, segments of Pinch the Entrepreneur. So just a heads up, but I'm not plugging them. But I just want to let people know that there's two aspects of a multi-level marketing company. Aspect number one is a product, right? You sell a product. Now some some companies are solely on selling products. That's it. Solely on selling products. The other side of a multi-level marketing company is recruiting or building your business. Build people always say, well, that's a scam. You mean I got to recruit six of my neighbors and six of this and six of that? It's a scam. I'm going to be honest with you guys. If you tackle that, I believe, I believe that if you tackle the multi-level marketing industry as a business, as a marketing budget, as a recruiting budget, as a advertising budget, as a legitimate thing, you can make money. I have met people that have tackled it as a legitimate thing. And I'm going to talk about that in my next segment. But I am going to talk about the people that I have met. They were not the guys on the stage that flashes the Ferrari and the $45,000 rings. It's not those people. Because those people got in when it was good and they keep going to the top. And that's fine. My friend Jake, buddy, if you're listening, you already know the statement I'm going to say because we had to talk about multi-level, 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 multi-level marketing. I don't know why. I know why. Coffee, guys. Coffee. I'm telling you. Hold on. I talked so long about back of my tongue starts getting dry but it we but the multi-level marketing business industry and it says we he got the statement i love it jake you know i do he says all the guys in multi-level marketing make the most money at the top so you know what you need to do you need to get to the top and it's basic recruiting see the thing is is that what people say oh, it's a pyramid scheme and i know everybody rebuttals with well your job's a pyramid scheme you, you 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 work all you and, and, and it's I mean let's be real it's the truth you're working you you work at the bottom and you don't move forward in a multi-level marketing company if I bring Andrew on and he's on my team and Andrew outworks me Andrew makes as much money as he wants to make because he's on my team I get a small percent so if Andrew gets six thousand dollars in commissions and I get a $500 check because he's active on my team, who's really making the money? See, this is why people, this is why I call it starts and falls because we don't put in the time to get educated. And like I said, I was not, I'm not trying to plug multi-level marketing companies. Uh, I'm not really after, I'm not really after that industry i don't i think that i think that industry is easily mimicked and it's easily duplicatable and scammable i don't know if that's a word but at the same time there's a level of legitimacy that follows into that where these snake oil salesmen come from is they'll 
mirror and MLM, and then they'll say, oh, but this is not an MLM. Tell your friends about my products though. And I, I, I'm sorry, I don't want to keep going on that. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna end it there because I'm gonna I'm gonna expose that next episode. No, I really don't want to do that. But back to the topic of the day: start some faults. I looked at all my starting points where I started becoming a leader, where I started to be brave, where I started to believe, where I started to cold call. I remember I, I remember the first time I remember I called my very first lead ever. I was I was at the detail shop. It was the first detail shop, Allen's. And I ran outside and I said, that's it, damn it. It's 12 o'clock and I'm calling Margaret right now. And I remember I held the phone. I said, oh, get ready, Margaret. You're getting a phone call and I don't give a boop of what you're going to say. You're going to listen to what I have to say. And I called her and I said, hey, Margaret, my name is Eric Williams. I am calling you because you expressed some interest in joining my company. Now, I do want to let you know that this is a multi-level marketing company, and I just wanted to make sure you know what you're getting into. She said, yes, I am. I am excited. And I froze. Because I was expecting a no. (laughs) I was expecting a, how'd you get my number? Get the fuck off my line. What are you doing this for? Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. I was expecting that. But it never happened. I freaked out. I said, let me call you back tomorrow. And I didn't know what to do. I was so baffled at that yes. I was, I guess I was, I was prepared for a no, but I was baffled at that yes. And that was my start. But also my fault was I didn't have my next step planned. So I looked at where I started, where when I first started to face my fears, where I first started to say no. The biggest, hardest thing in my life was telling my mom no. Short synopsis, I, I, I worked a long shift and I got home and I was just so tired. And my mom said, uh, you know, they got this camp meeting thing tonight at church, blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, okay. And oh, okay was Polite me uh, a polite way of saying no. And she said, Well, all you have to do, you know, just rest up and you know, we'll leave here about 4:30. And then at that time it was like two. At that time it was it was like three o'clock. And I was just so tired. And I went in my room and I closed my door and I laid down. And my mom knocked on the door. She said, You gonna pick up what you're gonna wear? I said, Yeah, I'm gonna get it. Knowing full heartedly I did not want to go. And I never forget, she knocked on the door and she said, what are you doing? Are you not getting ready? I said, you know what, mom? No, no, I don't want to go. I said, I do not want to go. I'm tired. I'm, I'm just exhausted. I do not want to go. I'm sorry, but no, I'm not going. And that was tough for me. But that night we actually stayed in and we I think we ordered a pizza and watched a movie together but I mean I remember the first time my start was saying no my start with denying things I never I never forget the first time I started to deny gifts from somebody I remember I used to work with this one guy and 
it was a form of manipulation. And he would always buy all the managers food. I mean, all the managers. I mean, I was a doc lead, but he would buy us food. And so one day he said, hey, man, I'm going to go to Burger King. You want anything? I said, oh, man, I'm good. Uh, no, nah, I got you. And so it became this thing of, you know, him buying us food. And I, I thought, at first, I thought he was just, just trying to be nice. And I remember I had to write him up. And he said, come on, man, all the shit I'm doing for you. I said, man, what are you talking about? He said, man, look at the money I'm spending on lunch for you every day. You going to do this like me? I said, oh, word. I said, Raheem, you like that, bro? Okay. I said, I tell you what, this Friday, I'm going to reimburse you for, for, what, you've, what, for what you've done for me thus far. And then I don't want one red penny from you ever again. So I remember when I started denying. I remember when I started being more selective. See, that's one of the gifts we neglect. We can be selective. You guys know that, right? And it just doesn't have to just be for our dating life either. I'll say that again. It just doesn't have to be for our dating life either. I have called, I have, I have accepted, I have gotten accepted for jobs on job interviews where I said, you know what? I called them back. They, they, they called me and said, hey, Eric, you will let you know you we got the job, blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to have to retract my application. I'm just going to turn down the job. I don't feel like being part of that type of environment. Um, that's how I know that we don't utilize that ability because we take anything we can. You know, it's that statement, get in where you fit in. Like, no, I'm creating my own space. If you want to be in my space, you're going to have to pass my interview process. Um, and we have that ability. And so those are a lot of my starts. But a lot of my faults was I lied. Some of my faults, I cheated. Some of my faults, I blamed others. I dummied up like I didn't know what was going on. I watched people do bad things instead of being a voice of reason. I didn't step up. I stepped down. I was a pushover. Um, I was neglecting myself. I didn't take the first steps of becoming better. I believed that something was going to save me instead of me going, instead of me saving me. Um, I did a lot of bad things and, and I'm not afraid to say it, but I was a toxic person. That's right. I was toxic. Those who have are listening and they know me on a personal level, they say, "Well, you don't." You, th th those that know me now versus those that know me before realize that I have changed. But I was toxic, bad. People don't want, and that's the part of myself I embrace. Both parts, actually. I embrace the good side. I embrace the bad. I embrace the yin and the yang. Whatever you want to call it. I embraced myself because those are my starts and my faults. When you look back over certain relationships, you say, you know what? That was my fault because I was being a jackass during that time. That was my fault as well. I did that as well. Yep, that's my fault too. Do you beat yourself up over it? You don't beat yourself up over it. You identify it and you say, okay, 
how do we prevent this from happening? My last job I had in North Carolina, it was for a material testing plant. And anytime a material would fail, I would always say, I would always hear some of the customers say, well, let's find out why it failed. We're gonna try this with, we're gonna try this metal with heat treatment one degree higher and another with heat treatment one degree lesser. We're trying to find the good breaking point for this metal. And so you can do that same thing. You can reverse engineer your life the same way. If you're if your life, a lot of my listeners are 34, like mid 30s, 28 to 34. So I'm in that same age group as you guys, right? You can still improve. Just because you're toxic from your 20s to your 30s does not mean you have to be toxic from your 30s to your 40s. It doesn't have to be that way. You can change. And you can change in a big way. And once you identify your faults and failures, your starts, your faults, your good, your bad, things you love about yourself, the things that you hate about yourself, things you can change, the things you cannot change, the things you have to embrace. Once you start doing all of that, then the world of entrepreneurship, I'm telling you, is a lot easier. I'm telling you. That's why you see all these people make all this money and got nothing to show for it. I remember I had, and I'll end with this. I remember I had a friend of mine. He had a good bit of chump change. And uh, I'll never forget. He said, man, I got my own house. I got my own car. I can do, I can go wherever the hell I want to go. He said, you ain't got shit. You still live with your mom. And I said, you know what, buddy? What you said is true. But let me be, but let me warn you about one thing. The shit you got ain't hard to obtain. So mine is easy to get. You have a good night. And that was the last time I hung out with buddy. And because I don't want to be that toxic anymore, anymore. I refuse to say those bad people's name. So remember, always remember, make sure you understand that you start somewhere, but also remember you came from somewhere as too. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed that segment. It was, it was good and fantastic. I'm, I'm glad to break this down for you guys and really go into depth. Like I said, I had this, oh, I had this recorded several months ago, and I just didn't feel right. Like I didn't feel right just rushing it all together. Uh, I really wanted to deep dive each part uh, and just blow up as much knowledge of it as I possibly can. So I want to say thank you to my loyal listeners. I want to say thank you to the people at Anchor that has decided to do this app, man. I mean, this is, I mean, Anchor in itself is somebody's idea that they took a risk on and you have to take a risk and there is nothing worth your time more than something you feel so sure about 
and even with just the podcast and like i said i recorded this months ago i did not feel right pushing it out i think one of my favorite things i read a long time ago with bruno mars is he was about to release an album i think maybe a day or a few days before the album released he decided to pull it and start it all over i had one teacher in my life that taught me that i remember i wrote a book report and she took it and she erased the whole thing and told me to do it over because i know and i remember what she said she said i know you can write better than that because i taught you so do it again and put pride in it and this podcast each episode is filled full of pride and i want to thank you guys for listening i want to thank you guys for taking time out of your busy day either you're going to work you're at the gym you're at home you might be in a bubble bath wherever you are thank you so much for listening i do appreciate every single one of you uh follow me on social media i got my link tree here on my channel somewhere uh click on it follow me on twitter uh instagram i don't think i put my tiktok up there just yet but just follow me give me the support show me some love because i love you guys and remember you don't have to be great to get started but you gotta get started to be great and as i will always say till they throw dirt on my box when the end comes looking for you let it find you climbing up new mountains rather than sliding down old ones it's been your boy e-dub in the chair podcast i see you guys tuesday morning you guys have a blessed week have a blessed weekend work hard grind hard don't let anybody lie to you be okay with yourself love yourself improve yourself and i promise you watch how your world change and watch how you change other people's world i love you see ya